0: So the reading is from 1 Samuel, chapter 20. <clears throat> then David fled from Naoth at Ramah, and went to Jonathan and asked, "'What have I done? What is my crime? "'How have I wronged your father that he is trying to kill me?' "'Never,' Jonathan replied." You are not going to die. Look, my father doesn't do anything, great or small, without letting me know. Why should he hide this from me? It isn't so. But David took an oath and said, Your father knows very well that I have found favor in your eyes. And he has said to himself, Jonathan must not know this or he will be grieved. Yet as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, there is only a step between me and death. Jonathan said to David, whatever you want me to do, I'll do for you. So David said, look, tomorrow is the new moon feast, and I am supposed to dine with the king. But let me go and hide in the field until the evening of the day after tomorrow. If your father misses me at all, tell him... David earnestly asked my permission to hurry to Bethlehem, his hometown, because an annual sacrifice is being made there for his whole clan. If he says, very well, then your servant is safe. But if he loses his temper, you can be sure that he is determined to harm me. As for you, show kindness to your servant, for you have brought him into a covenant with you before the Lord. If I am guilty, then kill me yourself. Why hand me over to your father? Never, Jonathan said. If I had the least inkling that my father was determined to harm you, wouldn't I tell you? David asked, Who will tell me if your father answers you harshly? Come, Jonathan said. Let's go out into the field. So they went there together. Then Jonathan said to David, I swear by the Lord, the God of Israel, that I will surely sound out my father by this time, the day after tomorrow. If he is favorably disposed towards you, will I not send you word and let you know? But if my father intends to harm you, may the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if I do not let you know and send you away in peace. May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. But show me unfailing kindness, like the Lord's kindness, as long as I live, so that I may not be killed. And do not ever cut off your kindness from my family, not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord call David's enemies to account.' And Jonathan made David reaffirm his oath out of love for him, because he loved him as he loved himself. Then Jonathan said to David, tomorrow is the new moon feast. You will be missed because your seat will be empty. The day after tomorrow, towards evening, go to the place where you hid when this trouble began and wait by the stone easel. I will shoot three arrows to the side of it, as though I was shooting at a target. Then I will send a boy and say, go, find the arrows. If I say to him, look, the arrows are on this side of you, bring them here, then come, because as surely as the Lord lives, you are safe. There is no danger. But if I say to the boy, look, the arrows are beyond you, then you must go because the Lord has sent you away. And about the matter you and I discussed, remember the Lord is witness between you and me forever. So David hid in the field, and when the new moon feast came, the king sat down to eat. He sat in his customary place by the wall opposite Jonathan, and Abner sat next to Saul, but David's place was empty. Saul said nothing that day, for he thought something must have happened to David to make him ceremonially unclean. Surely he is unclean. But the next day, the second day of the month, David's place was empty again. Then Saul said to his son Jonathan, Why hasn't the son of Jesse come to the meal, either yesterday or today? Jonathan answered, David earnestly asked me for for permission to go to Bethlehem. He said... Let me go, because our family is observing a sacrifice in the town, and my brother has ordered me to be there. If I have found favor in your eyes, let me go to see my brothers. That is why he has not come to the king's table. Saul's anger flared up at Jonathan, and he said to him, You son of a perverse and rebellious woman, don't I know that you have sided with the son of Jesse to your own shame, and to the shame of the mother who bore you. As long as the son of Jesse lives on this earth, neither you nor your kingdom will be established. Now send someone to bring him to me, for he must die. Why should he be put to death? What has he done? Jonathan asked his father. But Saul hurled his spear at him to kill him. Then Jonathan knew that his father intended to kill David. Jonathan got up from the table in fierce anger. On that second day of the feast, he did not eat because he was grieved at his father's shameful treatment of David. In the morning, Jonathan went out to the field for his meeting with David. He had a small boy with him, and he said to the boy, "'Run and find the arrows I shoot.' As the boy ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. When the boy came to the place where Jonathan's arrow had fallen, Jonathan called out after him. Isn't the arrow beyond you? Then he shouted, hurry, go quickly, don't stop. The boy picked up the arrow and returned to his master. The boy knew nothing about all this. Only Jonathan and David knew. Then Jonathan gave his weapons to the boy and said, go, carry them back to town. After the boy had gone, David got up from the south side of the stone, and bowed down before Jonathan three times with his face to the ground. Then they kissed each other and wept together, but David wept the most. Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord is witness between you and me, and between your descendants and my descendants, forever. Then David left, and Jonathan went back to the town. Thanks,
1: Kim. Many people struggle with loneliness, from the rich and famous to the poor and unknown. Here's a list of some famous people who've been honest about their loneliness. Oscar winning actress. Anne Hathaway confessed, Loneliness is my least favorite thing about life. The thing that I'm most worried about is just being alone, without anybody to care for, or for someone who will care for me. Joss Whedon, director of The Avengers, said, Loneliness is about the scariest thing out there. Scientist Albert Einstein wrote, It's strange to be known so universally and yet be so lonely. Marilyn Monroe said, Sometimes I think the only people who stay with me and really listen are people I hire, people I pay. I don't know if you can relate to that. I hope not. But I fear there will be those here today who battle loneliness Our reading from 1 Samuel 20 is about a friendship the famous friendship between David and Jonathan we'll look at this friendship today but as we've seen throughout this series David is a type of Christ he's a picture of Jesus David is a model of God's final King Jesus what we discover As we look into the life of David, is that when we commit ourselves to God's King, we find in Jesus the ultimate friendship, the ultimate answer to loneliness. If you've been here for this study, for this series, you'll know that King Saul was rejected by God because of his disobedience to God and lack of genuine repentance. David is anointed as God's chosen king. He's the man after the Lord's own heart. We then see David in action as he defeats Goliath. In all of this, David is modeling Jesus to us. Jesus is God's king, come to lead us to victory over our ultimate enemies. Sin, death, and hell. Chapters 18 and 19 go on to describe Israel, Saul's increasingly deranged attitude towards David. He realizes that David is the chosen king, and consumed with jealousy and fear, Saul tries to kill David. In all of this, Jonathan, Saul's son, Saul's heir, faces a choice. Will he support his father in his attempts to kill David? Or will he pledge his allegiance to God's true king, King David? In the same way, we all have to choose Who will have our allegiance? Will Jesus be our true king? Or will we commit ourselves to lesser powers? Well, let's look at David and Jonathan's friendship. Two things to say. The necessity of siding with God's king and the cost of siding with God's king. In all of this, Jonathan's relationship with David is a picture of our relationship with King Jesus. Firstly, then, the necessity of siding with God's King. David is on the run at the start of our chapter, verse one. He fled from Naoth to Ramah, and finds Jonathan. What have I done? What is my crime? How have I wronged your father, that he's trying to kill me? And at first, Jonathan thinks that David is worrying unnecessarily. Verse 2, never, Jonathan replied. You are not going to die. But David is in no doubt, and he's right. Saul wants David dead. And so Jonathan faces this terrible choice. Will he side with his deranged father? Or will he side with David, God's king? Impressively, Jonathan makes the right decision, verse 4. He says to David, whatever you want me to do, I'll do for you jonathan pledges his allegiance to david as you know jesus is repeatedly described as the son of david he's the ultimate fulfillment of david jesus is god's ultimate king and he's looking for in us the same allegiance that Jonathan offers to David. Verse 4 Whatever you want me to do, I'll do for you. I wonder, have you ever said that to Jesus? Whatever you want me to do, I'll do for you. Well, verse 5 David says, Look, tomorrow is the new moon feast, and I'm supposed to dine with, dine with the king but let me go and hide in the field until the evening of the day after tomorrow. David will hide. He'll evade supper with the king. If Saul misses David, Jonathan is to say to his father that David asked permission to go to Bethlehem, his hometown, because an annual sacrifice was being made there for David's clan. This will be a test. This will expose Saul's true attitude towards David, verse 7. If he says, very well, David will know that Saul is kindly disposed towards him. But if Saul loses his temper, you can be sure that he is determined to harm me. David reminds Jonathan that they made a covenant before the Lord. This is a special relationship. Not a sexual relationship, as in marriage, which is also a covenant, but it's a promise of brotherly love to one another. There's an incredibly close bond between them, And that itself is a picture of our relationship with King Jesus. Jesus makes a covenant between himself and his people. Remember, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. The cup in communion symbolizes the blood of Jesus. And the blood of Jesus pays for a new covenant relationship between God and his people. We are bound to Jesus in covenant love. We belong to Jesus forever. David and Jonathan's covenant is a picture of this. They're bound together in love. We're told in verse sixteen, David Jonathan made a covenant with David, and Jonathan made David reaffirm his oath out of love for him. Because he loved him, as he loved himself. We should choose Jesus in this way. He is our King, and by His grace. He gives himself to us in covenant love. And he calls us to bind ourselves to him with an oath. We're to love Jesus as we love ourselves. Well, Jonathan swears to David by the Lord God that he will sound out his father. He will tell David, if Saul is favorably disposed towards David or if Saul intends to harm David. That's the necessity of siding with God's king. But secondly, notice the cost of siding with God's king, verse 14. Jonathan realizes that when David's dynasty takes over from Saul's, That will leave Jonathan in a very vulnerable position. The normal thing would be for the new king to execute all other pretenders to the throne, all those with a claim to the throne. And this could well mean killing Jonathan and all his family. So he says in verse 14, show me unfailing kindness as long as I live, so that I may not be cut off, so that I may not be killed. And do not ever cut off your kindness from my family, not even when the Lord has cut off every one of David's enemies from the face of the earth. In other words, don't do the usual thing, David. Don't kill Saul's family. And of course, David loves and protects Saul's family in this way. But still, there's a cost to siding with God's king. Jonathan is giving up his own claim to the throne. Jonathan is, in fact, giving up everything for David. And we must give up everything for King Jesus, great David's greatest son. As Jesus says in Matthew 16, 24, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. Jonathan is a model for us in this. He denies himself. He chooses a path that will lead to death. And Jesus is saying that if we cling on to our life, we will lose it. It'll be like trying to cling to a jelly. Can you picture that? Imagine trying to grasp a jelly. The tighter you hold on to it, the more it slips through your fingers. And life is like that. If we try to hold on to our life, if we try to save it, it'll just slip through our fingers. We will lose it. But if we lose our life for Jesus, we will find it. Whatever we sacrifice for Jesus will be richly rewarded in heaven. And so we find our lives by being prepared to lose them. Jonathan is a picture of this And so Jonathan comes up with a plan When David misses the new moon feast in Saul's court, he will be missed and So the day after next in the evening David is to hide by the stone Ezel. Jonathan will shoot three arrows and he will send a boy to find the arrows If Jonathan says to the boy, look, the arrows are on this side of you, that will be a code that David is safe. But if Jonathan says to the boy, look, the arrows are beyond you, then David must flee because his life will be in danger. But there's a great cost to Jonathan in siding with David. The new moon feast comes, and at first, Saul overlooks David's absence. He assumes that something has happened to make David ceremonially unclean. But on the second day of the feast, Saul asks Jonathan where he is, where David is. Jonathan sticks to the prearranged script, verse 28. David asked me earnestly for permission to go to Bethlehem because David's family is observing a sacrifice in the town. And Saul reveals his heart attitude towards David, verse 30. You son of a perverse and rebellious woman, don't I know that you have sided with the son of Jesse to your own shame and to the shame of the woman who bore you? There's a great cost to Jonathan in siding with God's king. Verse 31. As long as the son of Jesse, that's David, lives on the earth, neither you nor your kingdom will be established. This was true. Jonathan was giving up everything for David. David. Not only was Jonathan giving up his own right to be king, he was greatly jeopardizing his relationship with his father. Saul declares that David must die, verse 32. Why should he be put to death? What has he done? Verse 33. But Saul hurled his spear at Jonathan to kill him. Then Jonathan knew that his father intended to kill David. There's a great cost to Jonathan in terms of his relationship with his father. Verse 34. He gets up from the table in fierce anger, without eating anything, because he was grieved at his father's shameful treatment of David. And so tragically, Jonathan fulfills his promise to David. He goes out into the field. He shoots his arrows. He calls out after the boy who is serving him. Isn't the arrow beyond you? Then David knows that his life is in danger. And he must flee And so we get this touching final scene in which David bows down before Jonathan. They kiss each other and weep together, though David weeps the most. Jonathan says to David, verse 42, go in peace, for we have sworn friendship with each other in the name of the Lord. And that's how they part. And their very parting is a further cost of their friendship. The necessity of siding with God's king. The cost of siding with God's king. There is another king, Jesus, who just like David, was unjustly condemned to death but unlike David he did not run away and escape King Jesus willingly accepted the path to the cross in Luke 9:51, Jesus resolutely set out for the cross knowing he must die there and he calls us to follow him on the pathway to the cross. I wonder, have you sided with God's King? Is Jesus your King? Are you living to serve Him? Does He have all your allegiance? As Jonathan transfers all his allegiance. From Saul to David? Have you transferred your allegiance from Satan to King Jesus? And are you prepared for the cost of this? Maybe there's a cost in your family, maybe they despise you for following Jesus. Maybe there's a cost at work. Maybe you stand out as a follower of Jesus and someone doesn't like that. Maybe God is calling you to the cost of giving up your finances. Maybe you could afford a much better standard of living if you did not give your money to support the work of the gospel. Maybe God is calling you to give up your free time. Maybe you could have so much fun if you didn't commit yourself to the work of the church. Jonathan is a model to us in willingly accepting the cost of serving God's king. But there's also rich reward in this story, Jonathan has the reward of his friendship with David. And if we commit ourselves to God's King, we discover an intimacy and a friendship with King Jesus, which is worth every sacrifice. Often we read the Bible and we listen to sermons we study the Bible and it always does us good God is always speaking to us when we come to him prayerfully but sometimes God speaks so powerfully that you know this relationship is worth every sacrifice I was visiting someone recently And we talked for about an hour. Then I read a few verses from the Bible. And we knew God had spoken to us. God spoke incredibly powerfully. We knew that we stood on holy ground, so to speak. We knew that we were in the presence of the Holy God. And we were in awe. God always speaks to us when we come to him in Jesus' name. God is speaking to us when we sense his awesome presence. And God is speaking to us in the routine daily reading of Scripture. In this relationship with King Jesus with God's rightful king, is this relationship worth the cost to you? Are you prepared to give up everything for Jesus? Do you love Jesus so that you live for him? We began by thinking about the unhappiness of loneliness. Jonathan found the most satisfying friendship with David. What a friend we have in Jesus.